My name is Wita L. Brown. I will be doing a book reading from my new book, Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, A Journey Back to Wholeness. This is my first book reading, so please be patient. I will start with a little background about me. I live in Chicago, although I'm from Brookhaven, Mississippi. I am a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon. I'm also an avid runner. I've run eight marathons and I'm training for my ninth presently. I've run more than 18 half marathons and a plethora of 10 mile, 10K, 8K, and 5K races. In my surgical practice, I encourage overall health and fitness through diet and exercises. I also encourage patients to listen to the word of God to inspire them during life's challenges. I began running, seriously running, at a time in my life of major depression. It was one of the components in getting me back to wholeness. I wrote Running is Cheaper Than Therapy to share my experiences with running in hopes that it may inspire or motivate others in their life's challenges. I'm going to read for you a couple of chapters of my book and hopefully you will purchase in my entire story will help inspire and motivate others. Chapter 1. The year was 2008. I was about to start my career as an orthopedic surgeon. Graduation dinner and yearly birthday celebrations were already planned. This year, it will be Jamaica. I always went way out on my birthday. I considered it a personal holiday. The plan was to celebrate, go home, to see my family, and then start my new job. I could see light at the end of the tunnel. September came, and I was getting ready to go home to Mississippi. I knew my mother would be so happy. Her birthday had just passed. I could spend some quality time with her. I always felt guilty because I hardly ever went home. I was an orthopedic resident and free time was a luxury. I was in the hair salon when my cell phone rang, which I usually don't answer, but I did that day. It was a hospital. I was shocked. I could barely hear. There's always a lot of noise in hair salons. It was a nurse on the phone, and she said my mother was in the hospital in Jackson, Mississippi. She's gotten sick the night before, and they had to send her to Jackson to Baptist Hospital for some tests. While I was on the phone with the nurse, my mother became lethargic, and they were about to send her to the intensive care unit, ICU. I was worried. My mother was a breast cancer survivor. 
She was a fighter and had battle cancer for seven years. She had to have a mastectomy, chemotherapy, and radiation. She never let it touch her spirit. She always loved me and never wanted me to worry about her. This felt different, but I was hopeful and always believed that no matter what, God could heal her in spite of the fact that she had stage four cancer. I always believed. I finished getting my hair fixed, then headed home to pack. I talked to my brother and sister-in-law. My sister-in-law, Nikki, calmed me. She told me after my mother was transferred to the ICU, she was okay. She was talking, breathing on her own, and was in good spirits. She said the doctors were running tests. I arrived in Mississippi, and we headed straight to the hospital. I saw my mom, my heart. She did not look well. Stomach was swollen. She seemed confused. I talked to her nurse. The nurse had the mindset that it was the end for my mother. I could not accept that. We stayed at the hospital all day. My brother lived in Jackson, Mississippi. So I stayed there versus going to my hometown, Brookhaven, Mississippi, about 45 miles away. So many people came to see her, and she loved it. She always brightened up when she had company. I was supposed to be home for two weeks, then start my new job. My mother was in hospital the whole time. I could not leave and start my new life with my mother in the hospital. My job understood, but I did have to return to go to a meeting. Mom never got better. Her doctors kept bugging us to decide whether we would resuscitate her in the event that she stopped breathing or her heart stopped. I was not at the point that I wanted to let my mother go. My mother was going to live. That woman had bet to stop messing with me. I could not do that. She got to the point where she was stable. So they put her in a regular room. I had to do so much. She had bills to be paid. I had to be there for my mother. She could not feed herself, but she ate. She got confused. She knew me and was lucid in and out. She always loved to tell stories. I think she was telling stories at a time when I did not know what she was talking about. The nurse and my mother's doctors talked to my mother and me about discharge. She was stable enough to leave the hospital. However, she could not go home. She did not have long-term care insurance. Also, she did not have much money saved. I was overwhelmed. I had so much to do. The social workers gave us the names of some nursing homes that provided skilled nursing care or rehab. I thought we could do that. Maybe she could get better that way. She had 30 days of coverage from Medicare because she had been in the hospital, meaning that she could stay at the nursing home for 30 days without payment due to her Medicare insurance coverage. So we picked out a nursing home that she had been to once before after a hospital stay. The nurses were nice there. I went to her home and I found the flowers that I sent her for her birthday. She got sick the day they came. She could not even put them in a vase. They were dead now. I could not take it. I broke down and cried. Was this symbolic of what was to come with my mother? I then went to the Medicaid office 
We had to have a plan if she was in a nursing home longer than 30 days. I had to pray and encourage myself. I had to do this for her because of all the things that she had done for me. Not to mention that she was my heart. They gave me some paperwork to fill out. I thought, this is going to be fine. However, every day she was getting more and more confused. She had incoherent speech. She slept most of the day. She had no appetite. When I tried to feed her, she fussed, which made me smile. It was proof that she was still there. I still had some hope. She occasionally was a usual self, especially with company. I would never forget the day she died. It was September the 27th, 2008. I went to the nursing home that morning. My original plan was to run around and take care of some business. But something told me to go see my mom. She was sleepier more than usual. She had labored breathing. Everyone seemed to be calling me from all over. Her sisters from out of town. And then a mass of people came to the nursing home. Her nurses began to talk about the final hours of life. Did they know something that I did not? She was going to live. I could not listen to that nonsense. I tried to feed her. She would not swallow. She would aspirate. I stopped and just sat by where everyone talked. Then it happened. She stopped breathing. I knew she was gone. I walked out of the room to get her nurse and tell her that she had stopped breathing. She came in and it was done. She had passed. My mother was gone. I could not believe it. Why wasn't she healed? Why did my heart go away? I wanted to spoil her like she spoiled me. I had a real job. I wanted to thank her for all she did for me to make me the woman I was. I could not now because she was gone. What made it real was her funeral. I went to grab her hand in the coffin and it was cold and blue. She was really gone. I finally went back to my home in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania after staying in Mississippi for two months. I needed time to take care of my mother's affairs. It was lonely back in Philadelphia for the first time. I had loved it there before. I am from a small town, but I love big cities. There's always so much to do. I always meet new and interesting people. I always had something to do. And now I realize that I did not have that many close friends. I had a lot of acquaintances. I was lonely. I needed true friends. I needed family. I didn't want to be alone. I got depressed. I did not want to go to happy hours, movies, or social events, which was unusual for me. Work was good because it distracted me from my low state. I turned to food and lounging at home. I would stare out of the window, look at the river, and cry. Why was my mom gone? I wanted my brother, my father, and my best friend there with me. I had no desire to go out. My giggle, my smile were gone. As a result of all the eating and lounging, I gained weight. I got up to 171 pounds. That made me more depressed. I thought of myself as a fat slob. I missed the old happy Weta. Chapter 2 I had to get back to being me.
I could not go on like this. I knew that my mom would not want to see me like this. She did not work her butt off to make me the joyous person I was. For me to be depressed, I looked for a counselor. I needed therapy. An old friend actually told me that I needed help. He told me that if someone had a broken bone, the person would not try to fix it. He or she would go to a doctor. He told me to stop trying to fix myself. I actually listened. You see, I am an orthopedic surgeon who fixes bones for a living. I went to a counselor, which was weird. I did not like sitting on a couch telling a stranger my business. We talked about everything. My mom, my job, and my dating choices. She had me do homework, which was painful. She helped in the process to return to myself. Happy-go-lucky Weta was not back, but was on her way. It was interesting. Our session became more about my love choices versus talking about my mom. She told me something related to dating I disagree. I can't remember now what it was, but it was not from a Christian perspective, so I stopped going. I had to find a Christian counselor, and I did. My sessions with my new counselor once again became more about my dating choices than talking about my mom. I tried to deny it at first, but she was right. I chose the wrong people. After my mom died, I chose to let a man who I decided was not for me back into my life because I didn't want to be alone. I needed someone to be there. I needed someone to hold me. My counselor helped me let go and concentrate on finding a good, right relationship. She helped me concentrate on God. I admit I was a little mad at God. He said in his word, by his stripes, we are healed. I knew God could heal my mom. I brought her all kinds of healing tapes and books. We were going to beat breast cancer, but to no avail, I had to forgive God. He does not always answer our prayers, but he always loves us. Maybe my mother was tired of fighting and knew I would be okay. I had made it, so to speak. My brother had made it long before me. I assumed she thought she could go to heaven and be pain-free. She had a wonderful life and family. And she made me an awesome woman. My counselor made me realize that it was okay to be happy again, to be me again. To let go of a man who was not bad overall, but was not good for me. I did tell her he did one good thing. He told me I needed counseling, and I listened. My old friend. So, thank you for listening to the first couple chapters of my book. It gives you a little background But it goes into so much more in the other chapters. I hope that running is cheaper than therapy. A journey back to wholeness provides inspiration, motivation. And will help someone in their life's journey. Thank you.